0: Mr. Burroughs. Good evening. Good evening. Well, I'll start with a few remarks about the uh, nuclear situation. Uh, It is to be remembered that on the occasion of the first atomic explosion at Alamogordo, New Mexico, Robert Oppenheimer, the creator and founding father himself, entertained the possibility of a chain reaction that would ignite the atmosphere. And he had to be calmed down by the FBI. They put him away for a couple of days. And uh, 20 years later, in 1965, on a television program, there's a television program about the atomic bomb, and everybody appeared that it had anything to do with it. Uh, He said, we are become Shiva destroyer of worlds. So more than 20 years later, he still thought that the atom bomb would uh, eventually destroy the earth or render it uninhabitable. And he wiped a tear out of the corner of his eye. And various highly placed uh, military officials appeared to say it was a very difficult decision. They're talking about the decision to drop the atom bomb on Hiroshima. But apparently by the time they'd done that, it was quite easy to drop another one two days later on Nagasaki, yet I thought God defend us all from a difficult decision in the Pentagon. Uh, Nobody does more harm than people who feel bad about doing it.
1: This is Candy
2: Minx in Chicago for the Agency Podcast. And Eugene Havoc in Toronto. How you doing? I'm doing well. I guess it was about time we did an episode, huh?
1: Yeah, it was. It's been a while. Here in
2: the, the doldrums of summer.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's not my season. It's not my tempo. I never know what to wear. I can never be comfortable. Yesterday, I was supposed to work outside doing, you know, my job at the sex hotel. And I set up a table and chair. I was so uncomfortable. I had to stay in my little hutch and it's not as efficient a way to do it because I'm writing down license plates and stuff. And, you you know,
2: you should, you should mention in case someone's just tuned in for the first time, when you (laughs) mentioned my job at the sex hotel, maybe you should elaborate a little bit.
1: Well, I am not a sex worker right now. <laughs> uh, today, I'm not a sex worker.
2: Um,
1: no, it's a it's a hotel where pe- people go to have a wonderful time. There's swimming pool in your room. There's a jacuzzi. There's you know full TV and and sauna. It people come into the place more or less most people happy. Yes, we do have issues. Yes, like part of life, there's domestic family issues that come up and we have to sometimes straighten them out. So I'm one of the the greeters, like a concierge slash security. <laughs> I, I can tell you're laughing right now. Anyway, it's a really fun job because like I say, 99% of the people that come in are in a really good mood. In fact, they're in a hurry to get to their room.
2: <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs>
1: sometimes they're like, I forgot to check in or something, right? I'm like, no, you have to go check in then come and see me. So, I was working that and I had to stay. I have a little building that I work out of in general or when it's not busy. That There's would be a guardhouse. That'd be my guardhouse and it's a check-in time where it's very busy, so I stand outside. But I felt so uncomfortable in the humidity. I had to be inside. And and my shirt was too hot, my pants were too hot. I was like, this is a nightmare. I can never be comfortable. My brain feels like limp lettuce in this weather.
2: <laughs> well, um, we've been having a thunderstorm a day. No, I've heard it's been it's been super super humid, and then every day we have a thunderstorm, and it clears up for like an hour, like and Cal- then the next day, rinse and re- and repeat. Uh, <laughs> so this morning, I, I took Bonnie out to the Jack Darling Park, and it started to to rain as as uh, I was driving west into um, Mississauga. Uh, then the rain stopped, and there was this really dark cloud uh, happening. So we very, very quickly did our circuit. Uh, she got played, got to play with a bunch of dogs, and then she heard the thunder, and she was like, okay, let's go, let's go. She was like, right <laughs> at the gate. I want to get yeah. back in the car. The thunder yeah. Yeah. hates the thunder.
1: Yeah. Well, that is terrible. And, you know, I guess a lot of dogs do hate the thunder. Um, Okay, so I thought it was raining. In the afternoon, almost every day in the summer in Calgary, at least in July it rains around four o'clock and then it clears up beautifully. And you're kind of like, it's a very evocative moody rain. It's wonderful. And uh, then it gets very nice. But do you think this is from the fire?
2: Is there any, oh, I don't, I don't know if that's the case or not. And I don't know if the fire is still an issue here. Uh, maybe it is right. Um, for a while they were having on, on uh On the weather reports, they were talking about local smoke. And I thought it was an ad for a cannabis shop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great name. I mean, isn't that like a
2: perfect name for a cannabis shop? Yes, it
1: is. Yes, it is. Very nice. Very cool. Oh, one thing I want to add about the uh, sex hotel was that I was talking to somebody in the neighborhood, and they were saying that they have a friend who teaches forensics, and they send their students. They don't tell anybody they're going. They go to the room, and then they practice luminol to look for biometrics and bio
2: That's waste and I was like,
1: this is not appetizing yeah but it's a great that is very
2: very funny
1: yes it is <laughs> kind of dark
2: kind of dark and kind funny. of dark yeah
1: kind of dark <laughs> uh, so yeah um do you have any um i've got a couple of weird food things for you
2: Oh, so, I do too.
1: Oh, good. I was wondering, I had a feeling that you might. Yours are good. Be... Go ahead.
2: First, we went out for dinner with friends the other night at a place that they suggested. Yeah. And it was a Vietnamese place. And our friends had never eaten Vietnamese food in their entire life. But they oh, yeah. were insistent they wanted to go to this particular place. And this place is located in the middle of an industrial park in Mississauga. Okay. It's the least likely place for a restaurant you could ever imagine, wow. it's uh, it's in fact at 1090 Kamato Road, Unit 17. That's going to give you a, a flavor oh, of yeah. the atmosphere of the neighborhood, right? Yes. It's just it's units, low warehouse buildings, uh, yes. light industry, um, and this this place is called uh, Phad Nock Yen, okay. and it is well. When I look later at reviews, the reviews will tell you it's the best Vietnamese food in. The gta wow and it might be it just oh. might be it's that good
1: Oh, yeah, uh, we sure. had
2: to we had to wait uh 20 minutes to be seated for four of us
0: mm-hmm. yeah you, you
2: could only reserve if you have over five people and they also uh they have on their website they say we won't seat a partial uh group yep so and, until you get all four people yeah wait so yep. anyway we we waited 20 minutes to get a, a, a table and it was super worth it um, and it was really good quite authentic uh vietnamese southern vietnamese food um and just for a little test i ordered uh the uh, the bun bah Hue, which is the the uh the soup of kings because uh hue is where the the vietnamese historic kings live the 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 Royal Palace is oh. there, which you can visit. Um, and there's a very famous soup called the Bun Ba Hue, which comes from there. Bun is the kind of noodle like vermicelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, ba is beef. Mm-hmm. So it's beef soup. But it also typically has um, like a peppery Vietnamese sausage, which is quite thick. And then they cut slabs of it off in the soup. Mm-hmm. Um and it has another ingredient that I expected I wasn't going to see at Fa Yen, uh, and that is blood cakes. Mm-hmm. So they make these things that look like they're made in ice cube trays and they're <laughs> like, they look like jello except they're like purpley dark, reddy bloody sort of color because okay. they're made of blood. Yeah. And, um, when I was in, in Vietnam and I, These came in my bun bah way. I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? Yeah, yeah. Am I going to eat this? Because it's a texture thing, right? I know. There's a certain certain texture that I just don't do. Yeah. Anyway, they're delightful. They just kind of, it's like having tofu in soup in a way, because it just sucks all the wonderful flavors of the soup and gives it a medium to hold it. Uh, And that medium kind of melts in your mouth, quite good. So anyway, I was quite surprised that this place had blood cakes in their in their bun bao.
1: Amazing. Uh,
2: they also at the cash they sell um jars of fresh pickled veggies, Vietnamese style cool. and also their hot sauce in jars. Well,
1: how about, so how I got a down? jar of their
2: hot hot sauce. It's fresh hot sauce and uh not fermented it's, it's mm-hmm. sort of fresh blended and um and I got for our uh, our guests um the pickles excellent
1: Wow, it sounds uh, like anyway, a great it was, experience
2: it was, it, was a, it was a super dinner uh really excellent southern Vietnamese food in an industrial park in Mississauga really unlikely place but if you're not far from the 401 say uh it's worth a drive out there it's it's right near Dixie and the 401 would be yep. the nearest major intersections. And um, it's funny, I knew the street that this place is on. Um, when I looked up where it was, it jarred my memory to a time when I worked for Canada Post. There was a pub on on a little off street from this street. That's hidden away behind a car dealership that you'd never, ever find. I don't know if the pub's still there, but I used to occasionally go after work with my boss and a couple of my, my colleagues, we would, uh, we would go to this, this pub and, and have a a beer and snacks. Uh, And this was sort of known at the post office as the management pub. (laughs) (laughs) The people who are in cup W would never go there because the management people went there. Yeah. Yeah. so anyway I I knew that area I knew the street because of this pub from uh from way back in the day right uh, but I I hadn't expected that there was going to be a restaurant there so I just want to uh say uh recommended highly recommended the agency star of approval for Nyak yen in uh in the bowels of Mississauga oh plus their news is on August 1st they have a second location opening and that's Second location is where a place called The Grill used to be, which is not far from where I lived in Etobicoke uh, oh, on the Queen's Way, uh, right near the Canadian Tire on the Queen's Way. So it's a five-minute drive from here. Is their new location. Um, same chef, same family. Uh, it should be as close to an identical experience as the place in the bowels of industrial park um but closer so i'm really looking forward to that because it was uh far and away uh the best vietnamese food i've had in toronto in a long time
1: isn't that wonderful and is there a, yeah. uh, are they licensed yes they are oh nice so you maybe yes, got we had ti- beer. we had tiger beer tiger beer yum yum very nice even better to be closer to home <laughs> you can yeah. have two tiger beer
2: <laughs> so what what's uh, what's your food item for the?
1: Well, you <laughs> know, my food item that uh, the best thing I've eaten in, in in quite a while is, um you know, I think I told you during the pandemic at the place I worked, the restaurant I was bartending at, four of us would go out every Monday night. That was the one day we all had off. So it was kind of our mental health dinner. And we'd go to this place called Bruna's across the street from where we work. And um, they have exceptional food. I think I took you in there to show you the bar. It was like from 1939. Um, and it was okay. just a wooden bar. I think I took, took you in there. And anyway, so we've been eating there for, you know, on and off on Mondays for a long time. We haven't done much in the last couple of months. And so we go in there and my friend Serana turns me on to that they have a mushroom risotto. Well, it's a special, it's seasonal, three mushrooms, three wild mushrooms, Mm. and it is killer. It's to die for. I bet. I mean, I'm just obsessed with it. It's all I can think about. Now, the opposite is that we have a friend, Jenny, who um, they had a heart attack. They went to see a band in New York City, and when they're driving back home, They had a heart attack and they've had heart surgery so last week i went for a couple of days and stayed with them they'd already had their aunt got them home and settled them in got new furniture so they were more comfortable for recovery um and if they're listening hello hope you don't mind me saying anything but what was interesting was for a few days i didn't eat dairy all virtually no dairy and you know i'm a cheese addict i absolutely love cheese and um, it was funny because I tried some new things. So we had to find food that was suited for diabetic and for heart friendly, right? That is extremely challenging. So you can't do vegan. You can't do straight up vegan because that's so much starch, a lot of their, the recipes. But I did find some vegan vegan recipes. And I thought, well, he, they were having a lot of trouble with um, cereal or breakfast foods. So I looked for breakfast foods, Under the diabetes, heart friendly thing. And now maybe you've heard of this, but I found cereal or breakfast food that you soak overnight. These are vegan recipes. And one of them, and I actually really like them both. One of them is you soak regular oats, not instant oats, overnight in almond milk or coconut milk, if you prefer some kind of dairy free and actually, some people soak them in water overnight. You can put cinnamon and raisins, or chocolate chips and nuts in them, which I did. I put uh, zero sugar chocolate chips and walnuts in it, and uh, stevia, which is a sugar replacement. And wh- why are
2: you doing this? What is the purpose of soaking it overnight?
1: Ah, uh, it, it instead of cooking it. It um, I don't know what the purpose is, and I don't. I suppose the raw food moment, movement came up with this idea. That's what I think. So it'd be even more than vegan; it would be raw food. Both of these recipes. So you put these raw oats in the fridge and leave it overnight. And the more they sit, the more they mm-hmm. expand. So instead of cooking it. So anyway, um, they loved it. They said it was pretty good. Put some cinnamon in there and flavoring some vanilla. They weren't
2: just saying that.
1: I hope not. I don't know. Okay. No, they said it enough that they. <laughs> it's
2: went an advertising to me.
1: I know. Well, it's a texture thing too um
2: so Ooh, let's soak be, some oats overnight that'll be yeah, good
1: i know it's it's really <laughs> counterintuitive it, it doesn't make sense and i got up you get these little jars um and you put them in the jars like a canning jar so you can make several for the week so the other one was another kind of chocolate pudding oh
2: well, hang Actually, on whoa whoa, whoa. How, how do you eat this do you eat it cold out of the fridge you can you can nuke it if you want you can heat oh, it up. Oh, so warm. you can have a cold or warm. And Correct. Do you add like almond milk or, or a liquid to it? You, or do you?
1: You can add more, but you've soaked it overnight in it. But if you want more texture or more um, moisture, yeah, you put almond milk in it the next morning. Okay. Whenever you pull it out of the fridge. So you could put coconut in it. You could put anything in it.
2: I'm so, afraid I couldn't abide by that texture. There's no way you eat,
1: There's no way you could eat it. No way. Yeah. And the second recipe I'm going to tell you, you're never going to want to eat it. But <laughs> I, like I had no idea this was an option. So I tried it and I actually found it really nice. But it's like pudding. So I know it's not going to be your thing. So you take an ounce of chia seeds, which I didn't even ever think about what a chia seed was. I only know them from chia pets, right? Chia um, pets, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you take these chia seeds and you soak Who
2: them. Who knew that, they, that chia was good for more than pets?
1: Correct. I had no idea. I thought it was just Brian Glazer or Ronnie Spector. You grew their hair. <laughs> 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 so you take these uh, one ounce and you put it in about maybe half a cup of almond milk or coconut milk. I did almond milk and no sugar. And I put half a packet of stevia, which is a, a plant based sugar, a sweetener, but it's not sugar, it's zero sugar. Um, I'm not a fan of stevia, because it tastes too much like licorice. It's from the licorice family. However, he had found, we found a stevia, they did, they found a stevia that was not too sweet at uh grocery store. So I had to take a picture of it, put half in and I put chocolate cocoa powder like Dutch chocolate. Uh, and left it overnight and the chia seeds expand massively and it's like a a bizarre yummy pudding so you could do it with uh you don't have to do chocolate but it was actually really really good almost like eating tapioca uh, they don't expand that much but it's like mini it's very rewarding so um thank you to the raw food community and the vegan community because you helped uh my friend who um they're having such a challenge with finding food that they can eat. Well,
2: that's good if it's expanded their their palate a little bit. There's more things that they can prepare. Yes. Yeah, I made uh, something raw the other day. You know, normally this this time of year is when I harvest the basil yep. and I make pesto. Yeah. But this year, I've been eating the basil about at the same speed as it's growing. <laughs> For some reason, our garden, which is growing crazy this year oh. it's so incredible our tomatoes are going to be best ever for instance um our basil hasn't been doing spectacularly well it's given me basil all year but it hasn't given me that usual um overage that i uh-huh. use for, for pesto however my oregano went crazy
1: oh wow so
2: i had this uh heretical little idea what if i made pesto out of oregano is that allowed will the pesto police get me if I try to do it so I googled it and Uh it seems that it's a thing people do it I don't think the pesto police are going to chase after you I mean if you advertise it well maybe but um, (laughs) I decided I I harvested most of my oregano basically I just cut it off to about two inches maybe it'll grow back still this year and um, I, I have some really good olive oil and I have some walnuts. I use walnuts rather than pine nuts.
1: Yep, you can do that. And
2: I bought some, some really good Parmesan cheese.
1: Mm. Um,
2: which I grated up. Um so sorry it's not almond cheese, but um so it's maybe oh, not cheese,
1: you're so funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they must make it, right? Almond cheese. I've I don't been know.
1: trying to find some cheese substitutes, yeah. But without being it can't have starch. It can't have carbs.
2: Right. Um, so, at any rate, I I made pesto and I did it the normal way. Yeah. That is to say, with a mortar and pestle, macerating everything by pounding yes. it, as yes. opposed to uh, the uh, the sane way, which is to dump everything into a food processor and do it in two seconds.
1: Right.
2: So, For some reason, I have it in my ever so tiny brain, the idea that it's better if you do it the traditional way. I like it both ways um and yeah. so you know if i'm on the eating side i like it both ways too to be yeah, honest yeah, yeah. but when i'm on the making side i like to break out the mortar and pestle and do it the the traditional way there's something that makes me feel real good about doing that
1: i like it too and i feel like an alchemist so i love it
2: exactly yeah uh, and i could tell you that oregano pesto oh i also use lots of garlic we have some I really good garlic yeah of uh, course and um I'm so oregano hungry right now. Oregano it's is really yummy. It's wow. It's remarkably
1: good. I have one question. Yes. Did you pull all the little baby oregano leaves off the twigs? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that takes a few minutes.
2: Uh, yes, it's actually quite time consuming. So what yes. I did first was I just went through all my oregano and I and I got the leaves off the stems. Okay. So that was that was like twenty or twenty-five minutes correct just dorking around with the oregano, which is probably why people use basil because it's just a lot (laughs) easier to deal with. Yeah. But I didn't have the basil, I did have the oregano and I wanted to try it. I'm
1: gonna try it. I'm gonna buy some oregano because I, I, I go through phases where I crave oregano, crave it.
2: Yeah, fresh oregano is really, it's quite a delightful herb. And, you know, some people who are used to dried oregano may not realize that fresh oregano tastes quite different. Mm -hmm. That's true. It has a fresh herb taste as opposed to that kind of strong, uh, sharp, dried herb taste that oregano gets.
1: True. I I like Um, it both ways, too. I like it dried in my sauces.
2: I like it both ways as well. I'm a fan of the oregano. Yeah.
1: You know, in the neighborhood where I'm talking about where we went to Bruna's the other night, they they don't call it tomato sauce. They call it gravy. I love that. Yeah, is that cute? It's very Italian.
2: Yeah, I mean, they refer to it as gravy in the Sopranos, too.
1: Correct. Right, they called it gravy. It's like real, yeah.
2: yeah. Like Pauly and and those guys, they all refer to it as gravy. So I, I guess it's a thing. It's a thing. So speaking of Chicago and yep. Chicago beef, hey, we remember when we had we had Rick on talking to us about uh, Chicago beef. Yes. Uh, well, you know, Sheila and I have been watching The Bear set oh. in Chicago. Oh, oh my god, what a delightful series! If you can, if you can get it, uh, I think it's on Disney Plus. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere it, else. I have it on Hulu. Hulu, okay, it's an FX show. So yep. who knows? I, I the, the whole. The maze that is streaming services is incomprehensible to me. But um, just to get it, we signed up for Disney Plus And yeah. we're not seeing a lot of other stuff on there that we like. So we're probably oh. going to cancel.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, Disney has everything I love on it.
2: Oh, you're going to have to give me a list. And then and we'll start watching then. yeah, well, I just I didn't see.
1: I would watch Strange New Worlds. It's a Star Trek. And I think Kirk is in the first episode.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So it's just fun for that. It's it's kind of a uh, it's before he, way before he becomes captain. He's a little bit of a a nerdy Starfleet guy, and it's really brief. Now I could have hallucinated, but I believe he's in there. Um, and the strange worlds is really good. It's very good. I mean, of course, I love the Mandalorian, and all the Star Wars shows are fantastic. But I, I know you're not a Star well, Wars person. But yeah. you are a Star Trek person and Discovery also is really good. That's a Star Trek and it's it's a fantastic. Oh,
2: okay.
1: Yeah. But I would we'll, start we'll with Strange. Some of those out. I would I would recommend, you know, at midnight, just like the old days when we watched uh the classic Star Trek in art school, it would come on C B C at midnight, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would put it on at midnight and watch Strange New Worlds and just see if you get, if that grabs you. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you, yeah, you, I you watched watch some bear, of the bear, right? Yeah, I've watched probably five or six episodes. I really like it. I
2: love how they make Chicago look. It looks so cool. Uh, yes, they yes they do, and plus, I mean, they are. It's it starts out the first half of it is in it's two seasons, and the first season is mostly in a restaurant um, serving a, a Chicago tradition, Chicago <laughs> beef. True, and this restaurant is. Complete madness, total chaos. Yeah, uh, and the premise for the the show is it's a family restaurant, and Mikey, one of the brothers, ran it after the parents retired, and Mikey was a drug addict, mm-hmm. and he borrowed a a bunch of money from an uncle, um, and the money disappeared. And then he blew his own head off on the State Street bridge, uh, leaving the restaurant to um, to his, his brother, Carmi. well
1: Carmi that's it.
2: Carmi, who he would never let work in the restaurant, <laughs> so who wanted to be in the 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 restaurant industry so bad and had such drive, he went to study culinary arts and became a great chef and who worked in the best restaurants in the world.
1: best and restaurants he, and torture. They show some of the torture. Oh, yes,
2: total torture. They completely demeaning environment. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: It's it's quite the thing. Um, But he comes back and he wants to fix this restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And adventures ensue. Uh, And, of course, I don't know how far along you are, and I don't want to really spoil it. No.
1: Um, Yeah. There are
2: some events. We find out that Mikey had a big secret. I don't mm-hmm. know. You're probably not that far.
1: Well, I know that there's things that have been showing up. It's definitely an unraveling of who, what happened to Mikey. Definitely that they've shown the four. What's it called? Four.
2: Foreshadowing.
1: Foreshadowing. Thank you. Foreshadowing. Um, they've shown that there's definitely the vibe that we're going to find out stuff. We're definitely. Yes, and we do
2: meet stuff. Mikey in season two. There is in season well, so two. So it's a prequel yes it's season two there is an episode they don't tell you it's a flashback but you know instantly it's a flashback because mikey is dead and you meet mikey
1: wow and you
2: also the whole family is there together where their mom makes a traditional italian dinner called seven fishes oh yeah for them and the mother is walking chaos alcoholic and she is played brilliantly just so brilliantly by the amazing Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I'm so happy! Be the to hear best that. episode of anything on television ever. Wow! I'm so like... excited by this. We just watched it. And we were just like, I was almost in tears because it reminded me of the chaos in my own family yes. at Christmas. Yes, yes. You know where it's just everybody's shouting, nobody's listening. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, everybody's drinking a... too much. People are saying things they're going to regret later. Yes. Um and uh, and then Jamie Lee Curtis drives her car into the house. Jesus, that's amazing! I you've made it very
1: exciting. Very, I'm uh,
2: really yeah, excited. So it, I'm going to call this a must-watch series. I don't know if they're making a third season or not. Um, I don't care. These are two seasons of TV I've enjoyed so much. Yes, I yeah. really enjoyed. There's a wonderful, really diverse ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're culturally diverse, um, like from different places, yep. but also from different universes. Yeah, you know, and they they start to find a way to become like a unit, and it's a it's a beautiful show in lots of ways, but it's sad, of course, because they have their completely chaotic, crumbling, dysfunctional family, um, and they all adore each other, but. You know they they're always destroying each other at the same yeah. time yeah it's very sophisticated uh the people in it jeremy allen white as carmy uh a.o eddabiri as sydney she was great in she's it and fantastic. I, don't know, I don't know what what else she's played in
0: yes
2: yeah, um, moss Backrack as richie uh liza colin as tina oh the tina character is wonderful uh, Maddie Matheson, I think, is Canadian uh, as Neil. Lionel Boyce as Marcus. Abby Elliott as Sugar slash Natalie. Uh, Oliver Platt as Uncle Jimmy. Molly Gordon as Claire. And like I say, the amazing Jamie Lee Curtis, who yes. just elevates the whole frickin' thing into Absolutely. another universe.
1: Absolutely. No, it really is. Uh, you know, I didn't watch it at first. I, one of the reasons I have Hulu is so I could watch it. Um and because people just kept saying it was fantastic, and um, I started watching I was into episode five or six, and at that point I realized, oh, I've got to stop, and Steak has to catch up because Steg has to watch
2: this. It's just He's going to so go Chicago. insane when he watches this. Yeah, there, there are characters. I it just stopped me in my my tracks the first time in this show. Characters answered a question with, with the response word. <laughs> and I only know one person in the universe who does that, and that's your husband. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I get it. It's a Chicago thing.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it could be a Chicago thing. I thought it was hip-hop too, but yeah, um, definitely it's a Chicago thing. We You hear it all the time, and we say it all the time. Um, yeah, and just the, um, like, first of all, there's a character mystery, and second of all, it's a beautiful, exciting family drama and restaurant drama. I love yes, the good flash- fine love the dining facts. Uh,
2: fine dining versus Chicago beef. Yep. Um it's got a restaurant makeover.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which you'll
2: see in the in the second season. Okay. Uh, and I won't go into anything more about that. Um it's got this incredible cast and of course the secret weapon. Yes. Which I'm talking about. Jamie Lee
1: Curtis. Yep. <laughs> We've been loving her. Okay, right I'd now. watch
2: her in anything. Okay. No,
1: I remember when we went to see Grand View USA. I think it's called. And oh she, yeah, you remember that one? And we're like, I God. think she
2: took her shirt off of that one.
1: She she did. That was her era where she always <laughs> took her shirt off. <laughs> she takes her shirt off in Blue Steel. I mean, I adore her. Really, one of my favorites, and I know one of your favorites too. And for a long time. What a well, great. Well, and
2: she's also she's embraced. The fact that she's not Jamie Lee Curtis from 40 years ago. She's embraced her age and her looks today. And it's It's like nothing I've ever seen before. Right. She's seven seconds of her on screen. And it's like, just wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm trying
1: to think of something else. Uh, I didn't have a lot of notes about it because, as I say, I'm still really into starting, you know, into it um hey paul well, speaking of also character development and character reveal we both saw um Oppenheimer oppenheimer oh my god what a movie
2: what a movie is right you know um, i didn't want to go yeah because it was three I, hours you know i don't i generally don't like war movies yeah and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to build the bomb. I don't want to see this. Yep. And so Sheila went without me. And she just came home and she said, you have to see this. You're going tomorrow or I'm not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> so I thought that's pretty convincing. Yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, she texted me. It's a masterpiece. Uh,
2: yeah. It. I think it is. As I texted you, it's. I, I've i been calling it the Citizen Kane of our time. Yeah. It's, it's our epic. Yes, it's our it's very much about the about the birth of the world that we grew up in Um, can really be traced to this little short period of time with these maniac scientists trying to build a bomb.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad you said the birth of our time, because I, I have a couple things I just want to address there. First of all, I would call it Citizen Kane meets JFK. Um, and it's like Citizen Kane in many ways because it has unreliable narrators and it has um, backward in time storytelling as well as forward storytelling. Yes.
2: And, and it, it's it's a lot about power.
1: It's a lot about power. And I believe that the, no, the book it was based on is called Prometheus American, I think. And the original title of Citizen Kane, the working title, was American so and citizen kane is about the end of childhood and i would say oppenheimer is about the end of america's childhood
2: yes exactly i couldn't have stated it better thank you that's that's exactly (laughs) so i think that's a correlation
1: now the part about jfk it really this is nolan doing oliver stone and you know um he doesn't need to learn from him he's a brilliant filmmaker but i really felt that a lot of it reminded me with the black and white the flashbacks and there is a reveal you're finding out who is who you don't really know who these people are at first you're you
2: don't know who to believe and you don't yes, know you also don't realize that there's another whole layer going on of correct. People who are stabbing one another in the back correct you don't
1: realize it and you start to realize it so then that's what maintained you for three hours when i heard three hours, i was going to go see uh barbie and oppenheimer right i was really wow. excited to see them both but you know what i'm I, i'm glad i didn't we're going to try and go this week or next week to barbie and i think you have to go too
2: i'm going to try to go yeah for sure yeah
1: i think we're going to have a lot of fun and it's going to be a fun discussion um so uh, yeah i think that that um you start to find out it compels you to stay there in the theater. I mean, I never felt bored. I never felt like I was like, had to come on. He could have cut this and that. Exactly. I, I, thought, I mean, you
2: know me. I'm the guy who's always saying, it's yes. too long. It's needless. I could shave a half hour off. Yes. I can't think of a minute I could shave off this film. And I I was completely entranced with every second of this film. First mm-hmm. of all, Killian Murphy is so strong as Oppenheimer. yes i mean what a performance hey unbelievable yeah unbelievable and then
1: his you find out he's a very difficult person he's it's painful because you find out that he's not exactly what we would call moral on many levels that's Uh exactly right yeah yeah he has
2: affairs for he has
1: affairs he has affairs with married people things that you know i really wouldn't i'm not talking about my morality or anything like that um i'm talking about the status quo of america he's doing things that you really shouldn't be doing and that are definitely taboo in the culture and then i'm like but that's partly why he was able to do the bomb because he's well all, he's dressed like what, a, what are
2: who knew that there was some guy some scientist who was who was saying there's a risk that when we test this bomb it's going to ignite the atmosphere and destroy the world mm-hmm. yeah but it's a small risk a terrible like who who the hell are these people that they can they can take that on our behalf yeah. like well, it's crazy
1: it's, and i guess you know the thing is as much as this is about that time and that era it also has coincidentally or not coincidentally, coincided with the rise of AI. And so what we thought was a problem there, we could look at it. I couldn't help but think there were many times when they were battling over whether or not they should do it, but their lust for discovery, their lust to, to, to do the science and and do the reveal and experiment, it, it did corrupt their their ethics. Not their their morals were corrupt already, but then it started corrupting their ethics. You know, which is the common community, the mass community, They're not just with. I don't care if someone sleeps with their wife, uh, someone else's wife, but I do care if they make a bomb that's going to kill me. <laughs> mm. You know, um, and I think that was part of his character was involved in that. Maybe that's why he was able to. And well, uh, and, and you know,
2: and as well, there was that central question of, well, is it right to make the bomb?
1: Right. And you know, the implications
2: of it, which is it's someone's always going to have to have the biggest bomb.
1: Yes. And Matt Damon was really, he was so pivotal in the movie for me because when he was very good, he he was very good. He really
2: underplayed it. I I thought he he did a fine job. He
1: really underplayed it. And that conversation when Oppenheimer is telling him, well, there's a slight chance that it could ignite the atmosphere. It's Matt Damon's performance and coming back that is like, what what you have to give me better odds than maybe or slight. I wanted, you know, he 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 we were him. We were sitting there going like, oh my god. Yeah, he was very good. Uh, all the women were good. We had murder at IKEA. We had we had Florence Poog in there. Oh she really? She plays the first mistress. She's the woman in 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 uh, Midsummer. Ah, I didn't recognize that. Yeah, Stay um, can't believe it's the same one because she's brunette and she's very different. Well,
2: yeah. Then they changed hair colors around, which was difficult for me, you know. <laughs> right. um, his, and she his, had uh, a his very... His wife, Kitty, Emily Blunt was great, eh? Oh, I loved what her. What a she strong character. Killed it. She killed it. But... but was the there... Robert Downey Jr., who I didn't recognize. And, you know, I also didn't recognize Truman was Gary Oldman.
1: Oh yeah! Right away, I went slow horses to stag, and he I didn't lied. Even
2: recognize it. It's like I read it later. It's like, oh wow! Yeah. No, I knew it as soon it's as like, I what saw. What a chilling scene that was, too! Oh my goodness,
1: very chilling. But as soon as I saw him moving, I knew his body language. And the thing is, he had said in interviews that he was never acting again. That slow horses was his his end role. That he yeah, doesn't well. want to be fancy. doesn't want to dress
2: up. It's always it appears better, that everyone in Hollywood wanted to be in this film. Oh, and most yeah, of them a, were.
1: Yeah, and then he also has an ensemble cast he's worked with over the years, because uh, Cillian Murphy's been in four or five of his movies over the years. You know what's funny? I was telling State this morning. I said, of all things, it was Eugene and Sheila that forced us to watch Following w- many years ago, ninety in oh, the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I
2: remember that movie. You yeah. guys owned
1: it. You owned it. Yeah. You had a videotape of it or something. Yeah. It's a creepy spy story of sorts.
2: Well, I think that Christopher Nolan has developed his chops to a really, really high level. And his use of all the tools available to him Mm -hmm. from actors to flashes in the sky to colors to black and white, to changing from color to black and white, Mm -hmm. uh, all the visual Nuances in this film, of which there are so many, he has become a master of really uh, yeah. of of telling a story. Yeah. And this this was a very seemingly simple story about a bunch of scientists getting together to build a bomb, but there was a a lot of complexity around this story Definitely. and all the relationships and who's trying to screw who and all the politics all the politics around this project and building this bomb
1: yes and he um he has throughout i mean i i'm not sure i think he might be in the illuminati um he does do a lot of work that's concerned with time and time potentially time factoring i mean um it comes up in his films over and over again that some the way he tells the stories with memento being reversed and back in time and stuff he really messes with film and he he messes with it so perfectly he uses everything he can and he believes in being an old school filmmaker you know he's quite against digital projection of his films or any films he wants yeah, them so he to often
2: films with difficult to work with cameras like like IMAX cameras and that kind of thing yes
1: yes and I I'm pretty sure he's dead against any AI. I haven't heard if he's spoken about it but his love of his acting crew why would you fake that when you've got a community of actors that you love and work with why would you want it to to have that be uh, digitally produced um yeah and you know he also has science in all, almost all of his movies an awful lot to do with science he probably could probably he must have wanted to be a scientist or had to make a decision. Am I going to do science or am I going to do film? Because he has such a intrigue with it. Um, he has Tesla in one of his older movies. Have you ever seen The Prestige? No. Oh, you have to see that. I t- I'm telling you this week, you've got to see The Prestige. It's one of my favorite movies. And what's interesting about it is you and I have talked about the history of science being dependent upon the practice of magic, that it emerged out of the practice of magic and the observing skills and art of misdirection in magic. And in, in the prestige, he has the opposite where the mag- magicians have to go to the scientist for um, help. They have Tesla and it's played by David Bowie. And it's just a wonderful role. And I, I looked it up today to see why David Bowie, and he said he wanted someone who was like, like a celebrity, but somebody who was exceptionally charismatic. And I mean, he found the right person. And it's about two magicians' um, history. I think you're going to love it and you have to see it. It's just brilliant. One of my favorite films.
2: Um, Well, I'm going to say on on Oppenheimer, I'm going to say I never thought I'd be raving about a three-hour movie about (laughs) nuclear physics, huh? I know. Um, And what a perfect time to have a movie that focuses on science since we're, we're... Uh, We're living in a world that poo-poo science, and especially in the past few years when we've lived through a pandemic uh, or without a conspiracy, uh, you know, in which science has been discounted by a lot of of people and discounted politically in America. Mm -hmm. um, You know, the idea of finding some kind of empirical truth through science. Um, Mm -hmm. Why have that when you can just make shit up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you, and if you say it over and over again, it becomes a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're just jealous of artists. That's all. Where we make things up all the time, they just want. Well, be that's hard. it. Yeah. So, and actually, when you do that in an art medium, you do find truth. So they just they don't teach art anymore, Eugene. Not enough. This is what happens. Well, that. No one understands what metaphor is. No one understands irony or subtext or. You know, it's funny because that pop song that came out, the country song, you know, a few people around in my world, they're like, well, how how is anybody who's thinking about this stuff and analyzing this stuff? I said, oh, my God, that's what art is for the art people. It's I, I think he was serious. I, I would give this country music star a little second that I bet he didn't even think that he had any anybody would notice the meaning in there. I think they uh, my thought first they thought was pulling...
2: it was satire, and then I realized that, sadly, it was not satire. You
1: know what? I thought it was satire, too. It... You know, it was
2: like something that would come out of the beaver tin or the onion.
1: Yeah, but they wouldn't do it because it would be so ta- it would be too distasteful. I know, really. Right? It, it would be too distasteful. You know, he could have written an incredible song about like the differences. I don't think
2: he could have, actually. No, he couldn't uh, have. Because just, his mind is so twisted
1: yeah i mean i don't know if he got bonked in the head when he was in he was a victim of a violent crime i don't know if he's got ptsd and he's not dealing with it or what the hell is wrong with him but he you know i lived in small towns right many small towns that is complete bullshit the lyrics that the lyrics in the song are stupid they're terrible it's not even a good song like you said and but here's this lack of um of of a critical analysis. And that's exactly what we do with art. You don't just accept that Van Gogh made a painting, you have to ask why did he paint the stars like that? What's he up to? Why did he paint that you have to look at his time? And what it tells you and and why he would do that, you know, and that you think that where you can make a video and people aren't going to notice that you're gaslighting us and bullshitting us.
2: Well, I have a I have a secret capability, a, a superpower, yeah. and that's the ability to see a song like that and in a second No, it's not worth another another second of my time. Yeah. And yeah. so I did that analysis very very quickly uh, and just moved on.
1: I am so proud of the country music television for pulling it.
2: Oh, did they do that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how this started. They pulled it. His own people pulled it. Wow. Yeah. That was like the, and he's not canceled. That's not canceling. They're just not going to play your video. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. That's, I only mentioned that because of the art thing, you know, um, and, and, uh, and learning to analyze images. (sighs)
2: Speaking of art and images. Yeah. Uh, did you, did you get out to see the new Indiana Jones flick? Yes, I did. Yeah.
1: Yes, I did. And yeah, me you, too. Um, you know, it was very near and dear to my heart. I knew the subtitle was Dial of Destiny. And I thought, that's a funny name. I wonder if that has, it couldn't. But in fact, it did have something to do with my beloved Antikythera mechanism, which I've even compared the Counselor by Cormac McCarthy to the Antikythera mechanism. <laughs>
2: I couldn't well, there you believe
1: go. It. I was so excited. No.
2: What a lot of well, fun. You know, I, I didn't get excited on that level particularly. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that, of that franchise. Yeah. But I got to say, first of all, I really like old, cranky Harrison Ford. <laughs> I'll see old, cranky Harrison Ford in anything. Yeah. He's just developed this kind of wonderful, dry, slow wit. Yeah. And uh, he's just really fun to watch these days. Yeah. Um, and, you know... It was just roller coaster of fun. It was oh an my amusement gosh. park. It was delightful. It had everything, including time travel, you know, that you could ever want in it's an good. adventure story. So it's like, that's great. There's lots of room in my world for that kind of fun.
1: I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought they did a great job. At first, I was a little bit disturbed that he seemed like he was drinking too much and too depressed. And then I didn't like the splitting up storyline. But you know what? You, you follow it along and everything comes together and makes sense it's a really good movie i thought it was like the action is just fantastic with all kinds of fun like the tuk-tuks that was awesome yeah who knew we were gonna have golf carts like be the action vehicle Especially after watching uh, Fast and the Furious that I saw of yeah, movies. I thought
2: exactly the same thing. This is like, <laughs> oh, what it's come down to.
1: Yeah, I thought that was. I thought it was kind of a cl- clever um, opposite, like the least thing you expected to have as an action scene, right? And yeah, um, the whole the, thing
2: was quite creative, and it was very a lot of creative, fun, and it was really creative. well done too.
1: Yes, and I love Phoebe Bridges Waller. Um, she has a fantastic show on Amazon called Fleabag. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. And you know, you know who her main squeeze is? No. Our friend from the Banshees of How do I say it? Inishi? Inishawan. Yeah, that's her uh, partner. Which one? In real life the director. Oh the director? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um but she is a very very um intelligent writer herself in her own in her own career. Um so that she was into put into this was a lot of fun and uh she oh, did yeah, pretty was, uh, good cuz she was all awkward with the action she wasn't really good at everything and that was kind of the humor
2: you know it's the kind of movie you go to and you leave thinking wow i really got my money's worth you did
1: yeah that's a good i i had
2: fun i've laughed there was scary bits there was tense bits there yeah. was just ridiculous bits and there you know what action. it was the whole thing was nonstop it was it just it was fast paced and the best really... part, fighting Nazis. Well, that too, yeah.
1: How can you lose, you know? you got to fight exactly. the Nazis. Um, well, I remember the first time I went to Indiana Jones, uh, friend, Paul, you know him. I, I was like, I don't think I want to see this movie. I'm not sure it's my thing. I was thinking of the movies that were on TV, which is, in fact, what it was, was an ode to those old um, uh, cliffhanger TV shows and movies that were... They were put on on Saturday after cartoons. And I was like, this is boring after cartoons. Um, So I went to it. I was like, oh, I just want to live in Indiana Jones's world. I love them so much. It was so life-changing. I've probably seen them like 100 times. And they even had a TV show. It did terribly, but I loved it.
2: And uh, Indiana, I had no idea there was a TV show. Yeah,
1: and Indiana Jones. Because that's if what you I, have
2: an idea in Hollywood, I mean, <laughs> it's not really a fully formed idea until you've done it to death and you've explored every possible way to exploit well, it. Well, it's
1: interesting. They cast some good people. You have Indiana Jones as a maybe a seven or ten year old, and you have Indiana Jones as a very elderly Indiana that, Jones. That would be young Indiana. Yeah, yeah, but there's <laughs> flashbacks of him being elderly, too, where he remembers his life. So I knew he wasn't going to die in this film. That was one good thing, because I was afraid, don't kill him, please don't kill him off. And then I went, oh, they won't, because I've watched the TV show. <laughs> and the TV show, Indiana Jones, runs into historical figures. So it's done oh, okay. as an educational show for kids. But it did not do well at all. It, it, I don't know. Maybe there's 10 episodes, maybe there's 20. And I've been looking for them forever, because I would buy them on DVD. And I haven't been able to find them, which is—I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it Yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't do well, <laughs> except for me. I watched it. I loved it.
2: Well, there's probably more than just you. you know, There's yeah. probably lots of people who, you know, it's kind of their thing. Sometimes something doesn't even have to be good if it meets your criterion for something that that nourishes you.
1: Yes, it's a it, it's comfort. It, it, it's like I love Indiana Jones. So I'll watch him do anything. I will watch him read a book. You know what I mean? So yeah, basically that's, he can read the telephone book. Indiana Jones could read the telephone book. (laughs) Which is not even in existence anymore. Well, I
2: guess that's quite the cultural artifact, isn't it now? You don't even see them.
1: No, and most people wouldn't realize I'm referencing Robin Williams having John Houseman read the telephone book, right? Mm. As one of his routines. Yeah,
2: the way back machine.
1: <laughs> Speaking of time travel, we can just time travel here.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I remember kind of watching the um, the disappearance of phone booths. And it kind of reached a point when when we were living up on um, Blackthorn Avenue in, in the little Portugal area of town. The only phone booths that were left in the neighborhood were only used by the drug dealers. <laughs>
1: Yes. There was one of those right by when I, I had one of those too. Yeah. The cops would come by, drive by slowly looking at me when I was using it because I was one of the last people on earth to get a cell phone.
2: Ah, I was pretty late on too. I mean, I had one for work, uh, I guess. And at one point they gave me, oh, they gave me a really bad cell phone. I don't even remember (laughs) who made it, but it just, it would, pocket dial people at will you looked at it the wrong way it would phone somebody yes it's just a disaster yeah Yeah. (laughs) and for a while i had a blackberry too and i liked the blackberry yeah yeah for work if you just have to whip off emails and messages Mm -hmm. that keyboard was so fast and i was way more accurate with a blackberry keyboard because it had that that physical click that you could feel yeah
1: yeah it's pretty cool that's so funny i i only saw them from afar but yeah, I didn't get a cell phone really until two thousand and six. I had been given one when I was doing a road trip, and I immediately lost it. <laughs> I thought it was in the car. I don't know where. I've never seen it. It's never shown up in my. I immediately lost it, and um, that was like in two thousand and one, maybe two thousand and two. And I mean, I hate. I was against cell phones at first. <laughs> it's just such a joke. Oh yeah.
2: The reason- too. And and Sheila as well. Uh but what you know, for me I didn't want to be the guy who was left behind by technology. Um, who was like, Oh, what's going on? I want my rotary phone. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to be that guy. And so, you know, I was quite conscious of trying to to keep up with technology and social media. Right. Because I quite recognized that it was something that was being invented by a younger crew.
1: Well, I didn't want to be the guy that was walking down the street using their cell phone and talking on the bus using their cell phone, It, which is still a pet peeve to this day. But you know what turned me around was 9-11. When people were calling and they shared their, they shared the recordings of people calling and saying goodbye to their family. They knew they were going. And um, then they were able to, um, let people know from the planes that they were taking over flight 93. I mean, stuff like that. I was like, so moved by the cell phone stories that I was like, I can't hate cell phones anymore. And you know, that I was willing to be given one and immediately lose it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but the next one, no, once I got my, um, you know, I started coveting the iPhone. As soon as I saw our friend, Trisha had the iPhone and I was like, I want one of those motherfuckers that is fucking cool.
2: It looks like the idea of refurbished phones is becoming a much bigger thing very fast. Right. I think particularly as the new iPhones are so expensive, yeah. People are learning to take advantage of the folks who have enough coin that they can just every year get the next number of of iPhone and trade in their their twelve for the fourteen. Yeah. Um, that there's nothing wrong with the 12. They, you know, they right. do a little work on it. And it's good for years.
1: Right. Uh, the, the, what was happening with the um, older phones, the first ones in the, in the zeros was that they were running out of space. My phone that when I first, yeah. phone I had the first iPhone I had, I literally would be walking down the street and they, you don't have enough memory to walk down the street. You don't <laughs> have enough memory to take a photo. I was deleting photos, taking a photo. I mean, it, it couldn't do anything. Um, but yes, I mean I hope I don't have to replace my iPhone 12. Um I absolutely love the camera on it. It's so heavenly. I can't imagine that the next camera is going to be as good. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll find out. Um I, I use a I do have plus. a cracked screen. What?
2: I use an 8 plus.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I think And
2: um and I was going to move to a 12 and um I ended up not doing it because the company that's my carrier oh, yeah. wanted a $50 activation fee. And I just right. had a hissy bit and cool. wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And and I ended up getting a cheaper plan. So out of the deal, I still have the same phone and a much cheaper plan and I'm paying half per month of what I was paying, which makes having the older phone feel really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. I bet it does. For sure. I,
2: I think that, you know, when down the road I'll, Trade in my 8 plus on a used 12 on a refurbished 12 and uh do that fairly cheaply uh okay. and be able to get uh more i mean the biggest problem with them is they eventually they stop supporting the technology on the older numbers
1: yeah i know that that is a shame i i don't even i i i hope it's not just to make them obsolete i hope it's because there's some reason why they couldn't i would have thought with the cloud it wouldn't matter anymore
2: you know, um, if there's a way that they could make your phone obsolete, they will. I know. And I, I believe I have had phones in the past that that have had battery issues, and the battery issues, I believe, maybe it's a conspiracy theory. I can't prove this. Oh, but you think I believe they were the,
1: destined to wear
2: out? I, I believe they the battery issues were created, like they they created a plan the obsolescence of the batteries. Yes, yes. Um, in order that you. To try to force you to upgrade.
1: Look what's actually sitting right beside me today. My my first phone. Wow. I I just happened to have it here, and I I have kept it. Some of them I traded in, but I I kept it. I it it had the old iPod on it, and uh, every now and then I charge it and look at it, <laughs> and use the Wi-Fi <laughs> and use the Wi-Fi because <laughs> you can still use the Wi-Fi on them. Right. Yeah. like my old phone i loved it i loved the size of it now i do have that giant 12 but the camera oh my god
2: oh yeah the 12 is big isn't it
1: yeah it's massive i'm sure there's a small version i think there's a large and a small and my my screen is cracked i do need to go get that replaced and i'm such a procrastinator i haven't done that
2: (laughs) i don't you know i used to not like the larger units Mm -hmm. uh because they're so clunky and i was fine with the i used to have Mm -hmm. a really small one Mm -hmm. um but you know as i get older and you know i'm like cousin weak eyes uh, it's better for me to have the the bigger one so the the eight is much better than the oh okay uh, five i was on
1: i feel like i don't notice the screen size but i like it larger too but i feel like it i don't notice it but i do i did get ridiculed by family members for having such a large phone (laughs) <laughs> they're like you're embarrassing <laughs> put that away when we we're in public <laughs> Ah,
2: it's
1: like picking up an iPad or something it's not that big but I, I like it it's great for games great for uh, social media to get a good screen but the text isn't bigger or anything
2: but if you're reading something like an article it's yeah. a little bit bigger
1: is it? <laughs> I think it is all
2: right, because it fills a bigger screen.
1: Yeah, but you can program your phone to do bigger text.
2: Yes, but if you don't have a bigger screen, then you only get uh, like <laughs> oh, two like words. Three words per <laughs> line, and you're always <laughs> moving it back and well, forth. Well, that's true. That's, that's Oh, I know.
1: That's true. That's true.
2: Good Who point. thought we would ever have to worry about such a thing? I know. Not me.
1: No, I know. Here, I'll show you the difference. That look at uh, well, no one here can see it. But there's a difference in size. Yes, you
2: could you could take picture, a picture though of that. I and, will. Uh, I will. Or have Stag take a picture of you holding the two of them. I know that's and put great. it on our Facebook site. Well. Facebook's got to be good for something, right?
1: I know, and it's my beloved oh, first meow. phone with my beloved glitter case. <laughs> Just holding it gives me memories because we I we got it. We had a fire in 2011. I hate to say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to the two fires we had last year. Um, but those weren't ours. Um, that was our landlords. But anyway, I we got the cell phone then. We kind of we kind of got a smartphone because of that, and we decided to go on a road trip. So this is a phone I would hold in the air in New Mexico or wherever we were camping trying to get Wi Fi in the state parks. Yeah. Got good memories. But it's just yeah. a phone. It's just stuff. It's
2: just it stuff. It is just stuff.
1: Just stuff. As George Carlin would say, you move your stuff from one place to another place.
2: Well, you know, the change is that you have to have a pocket. You have to have some place. Now, since we all carry a phone around now, you have to have a place to to put it. So, you know, when I take Bonnie out to the Jack Darling in the morning, I like to wear shorts and a T-shirt. Yeah. So now I had to get myself a little like sling pouch thing that I could stick yeah. my phone and the dog you get a treats the bags in. Did you get a fanny Sorry? pack?
1: Did you get a? It's fanny- like a
2: fanny pack, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, but over your shoulder.
2: But I use it over my shoulder. Yeah. I don't put it on yeah. my my ever so abundant fanny.
1: <laughs> I got one too for work, actually. Yeah,
2: I like to say I have an ever so abundant fanny and an ever so <laughs> tiny brain. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh
2: i've mentioned to my my fiddle teacher my ever so tiny brain enough that there's been times where she's mentioned it back to me yeah there you go you you have to do this like more times in order to get it through to your ever so tiny brain
1: yeah there you go so you (laughs) gave her that you opened up the door they say people when they tell you who they are (laughs) so careful what you put out there
2: so we have some interviews coming up and so we're going to yeah. be doing another episode fairly soon. That's I think. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about this coming up. So um, it's been great to talk to you.
2: It's been great to talk to you too. And uh, we're going to be talking again in the next few days because as I say, we do have some interviews coming up. and So we're going to have some guests and upcoming yep. episodes. Yep. But we did want to uh, get together, have a conversation, and, uh, and put out an episode uh, this week.
1: Yeah. And thanks for listening. And we love you. And will you please email us at the at gmail or you follow us on your email? Oh, I will. This...
2: It's locked me out again. I can't do that. Oh, for God's you have sake. The executive in charge of uh, email.
1: <laughs> Did you see the meme I, the, I posted on our Facebook page for you? It's like find someone who um, gives you the attention that Gmail gives you when you change devices or something like that. I was like, that is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for Eugene. Okay, I will check email and if we have some, we'll read it.
2: Okay. Next time. And we'll be back at you pretty soon. Okay. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you. Bye.